because actually first before that at seven o'clock we're going to give you the odds the Browns have to win the Super Bowl. They're Jeez. better than you think they are. Jeez. No, dude, the odds for the Browns to win the Super Bowl are way better than people think they're going to be. Really? Yes. <laughs> like, okay. Yes. Actually, I will. Uh, dude, there, there's a slew of teams with worse odds to win the Super Bowl than your Cleveland Browns. I find that very interesting. So at 7 o'clock, we'll get into that. Like I said, 8.30, we'll pass out those incarceration tickets. So uh, I, I, I want to just handle this quickly, and then we'll move forward, because I, I, I just don't think a ton of people care. But there, was, there were a couple of things that were happening uh, with the U.S. Open on Sunday, uh, where Phil Mickelson was actually on the green. <laughs> I didn't see this. I, 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 this was over the weekend. I was actually playing. I, I didn't watch a ton of the U.S. Open. Um, but I saw the highlights. And he rolls this putt, and it's going well past the hole, and he thought it was going to roll off the green, so he chases it down and smacks it with his putter back towards the hole. You're not allowed to do that. While it was still moving. Yes. Wow. Well, you, you, are not, you are not allowed to do that. Was that just him saying F it? Was that just him like so, whatever? Phil claims that he knows it's a two-stroke penalty, so you just take the two strokes versus letting the go ball go all the way down, and then now you got to try to think and thinks it's going to get worse and this and that. And then like he even like he was staunch about it after. He was like, "Look, if you're offended by my answer, he's like, he's like, you need to toughen up," which I thought was crazy. So does that happen frequently in the game? Like you break like intentional fouling? Essentially, I've never seen an intentional okay. fouling. That's the first time I've ever. That, that's the first time I remember seeing it. I'm sure it's happened, right? I think what's more likely is that course was driving the best players in the world absolutely crazy. Which, by the way, this goes to show you just how far Tiger Woods really is away from being able to like legitimately compete at, the, at this level. It just goes to show you. I told you Tiger was going to miss the cut, did, you know what I mean? And he did. So we're still a ways away on that. I think what this was is just a moment of frustration. It's the most frustrating game in the world. I think Phil, and I said it before the tournament started, he's 49 years old. It's the last major he has to win. If he gets it, he wins the Grand Slam. And I said I felt like he was gearing up all year to play this tournament, and he wanted to win it, and then he was going to retire at the end of the year. That's what That was my prediction. And I think you saw a little bit of that, and I think that that's what happened. I think he went into this thinking he was confident, could play it, was going to be good, and he wasn't. He was a mess early. It was a mess often, like most of the guys playing the course. And I think it just got to him, dude, and it fried his brain, and he just was like, you know what, I'm smacking this. Yeah, he probably had hit the tipping point of like, dude, I know I'm not going to win this thing, whatever. You know what I mean? Like at that point, if if, if, if that's all I'm here for is to win this and then know it's not going to happen – um, I think that's what happened. I saw it, like I saw like the highlight of it on like social media, just like you know the the seven second clip of it, and I was just like, good god! Like you could just tell me somebody who's never played golf in their entire life, you're like, dude, you're not allowed to do that. You can't, <laughs> not allowed you to can't do, do that. No, you are not allowed to do that. That's that's exactly right. I got hit up so much this weekend via Twitter at Sansbury shows how you found that. All right, via uh, via Twitter from guys who are like, dude, I don't really watch this. Is this supposed to be this hard? What the hell's happening here? And, you know, because a lot of the guys were whining. Zach Johnson actually walked off the course, I believe, yesterday after finishing his round said, dude, they lost the course. It's over. That might have been Saturday. Said they lost the course. It's over. It's purely a luck tournament now. Now, I got asked multiple times, is it supposed to be this hard? What's going on here? Are these, just, are these guys just sissies? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes to all of it. The U.S. Open is always hard. That's the whole point of it, is that they try to make the course 
as hard as it can be, they want to test the world's best golfers. They look at it as an endurance test. If you can make it four days and make it through here, you deserve to win. Is it subpar playing conditions, or is it, I mean, like is it, is it acceptable? So, Saturday, I won't call it unfair. It was unfortunate. Saturday was unfortunate. The, the 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 pin locations were really difficult. The wind had gotten like was whipping, and so like the greens were super dry. They were drying out, and they were really fast. Good shots were being punished. You don't want that. You want good golf shots to be not necessarily rewarded, but at least like okay, we're all right here. Right. Good golf shots were being punished Saturday. I think they I think they would prefer that not to be the case. But that being said, you don't think Jack Nichols. Jack Nicholas felt that way at the U.S. Open in 1972? Of course he did. He just wasn't allowed to say it because in 1972, men had hair on their chest and balls in their pants. These dudes, I'm telling you, this is, the, this, is this whole younger generation. It's, a, it's acceptable to bitch and whine and cry when things don't go your way. And these golfers, like, I swear to God, it's like, dude, you are playing the U.S. Open. It's supposed to be a little bit hard. And because you can't shoot 22 under the way you do everywhere else because they've made the game so easy for you. You got a driver head the size of car doors now. The ball travels faster and farther than it's ever has before. And because you can't go 20 under and look like a stud, you're gonna cry. Like I've dude, these guys, they were all sissies. Honestly, it was like the whole thing. I was like, dude, no wonder people hate this sport. You guys are a bunch of crybabies. Because grass is high, you're gonna cry. Like, dude, they were crying. I guess, I mean, I just don't know. And when everyone's playing on the same field, it doesn't matter because it just, to me. Dude, Patrick Reed was like, what, seven under yesterday? So if a guy can do it, you can do it. Someone can do it, right. I I guess that's what it boils down to. There's nothing unfair about it in the sense of you don't have any. Everybody playing the same field. Right, you don't have any advantage or disadvantage compared to the dude playing next to you. I mean, morning rounds, afternoon rounds can be different, wind and this and that, but that's every week on tour. Right, that's the way the golf is. every week on tour. When you play outside. And if you're in the U.S. Open, you have done something throughout your career that got you to that point. Meaning, dude, you know the test of professional golf, at least. Least a little. Yes, there are amateurs that play it. Yes, they allow like you know honor exemptions and things like that. But those guys never come close to winning it. Right. You know what I mean. So like it's supposed to be hard. So guys are. It, it's always been that way. But guys are allowed to cry now. The media likes these athletes because we sell you these athletes complaining as being honest and being who they really are. When in reality, all we're doing is rewarding athletes for being babies. That's what we're doing. You're rewarding them for being a baby. Just man up, pull out the three wood, put it to the center of the fairway, take the eight iron and get home. Quit crying. Part of the reason why you're in in the weeds all day is because you're trying to hit driver every hole. Take the three wood out and get to the center of the fairway. Don't you hate when dudes aren't frank though? When dudes give you the the, the stock answer well everything's great and sorry I just didn't have it in me today. Yeah there is a, there's a there's a mixture. There is a mixture and I don't know what it is and it's and so yes there's a little hypocrisy in statements here but at the end of the day every first of all guys who had no business guys who, would, who were never going to have a chance to win the tournament crying about how hard it was that's what it kind of gets me. It's like and dude Dustin Johnson showed you it, dude, the, the course could be won. He had a four stroke lead going into yesterday and blew it. You know what I mean? Or I believe, was it Saturday? I don't know. I didn't watch a lot of the weekend because I just played so much. I played Hawks Nest on Saturday. Then I played Tam O'Shanner yesterday. I was out playing because the weather was so good. Finally, we had some weather. No rain. It was nice. 
So I was playing, but it's like, it's, I just, I got that question a thousand times via social media, you know, all the sites, you know, what is it? Is it, is it too hard or are these guys babies? And the answer is yes, it was hard, but yes, we reward athletes for being babies now and it's starting to get a little annoying. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 8.45 this morning, I have a story about a Canton assault that I can't believe. Actually, I can believe it, because it's like one of the most Canton things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait to get into that. Around 8.45, we'll do that. A guy hit me up on Twitter before the show started. He was like, yo, man, does the studio have air conditioning in it? If so, you're lucky. (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) if you listen to the show a lot... I would have bitched about not having air conditioning yeah. by now. <laughs> I yeah. Probably would have got around to that one. And yeah, it's a building inside in 2018. Most of them have air conditioning. I mean, a lot. I mean, dude, a lot of workplaces have it now. You know, I uh, I saw people bitching about the heat already. Now, look, if you work outside, I get it. That will suck. I mean, it's going to suck, right? And yesterday, it was hot. I mean, it was hot. I played Tam O'Shanner yesterday, and it was ungodly hot. Like, I was on the practice screen waiting for the uh, the rest of my group to show up. I was rolling putts, and I was already like, man, this is crazy. Like, dude, your boy was bonded all the way up. I oh, got that. Course. Dude, I had that bond spray, dude. It was like on every inch of my body yesterday. And uh, so it's hot. But I'll remind you, people, bitching about the heat already. We did January like five times this year. Like enough's enough. Like, dude, a little heat, a little heat's not going to kill you. Like, let's go. Well, except for the people who die of heat exhaustion. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, dude, you know what I mean. Let me welcome to life. It's the way it goes. It um, it 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 was brutally, oppressively hot yesterday. Of course, I'm going to take it over the winter. There's no question about that. Um, the thing was, it was just like yesterday. There was parts of the day I was like. All right, it's sunny and like we should go do something outside. And then you step outside and it was just like, jeez, dude. I mean, it turned into one of those days. I almost felt like it was like wasted just because it was so hot, dude. Now, see, Saturday it was warm, but the sun wasn't like beating down, so yeah. it wasn't so bad. Then Sunday, yesterday, I uh, I was wearing my um my tennis elbow sleeve, and it was so hot that dude, like the tan line is pretty bad, like. I mean, look. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can see, like, that's red, and, like, that's just, I mean, the tan line's really bad from it. I mean, it was pretty hot, but I would take that over snow and cold and slush and, like, cars sideways on 77 any day of the week. Yeah, comparing the extremes, it's not even a comparison to me. I guess, dude, somebody shot somebody in the testicles in Florida over somebody stealing an air conditioning like unit out of a window. Um, I'm number one. I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. People just grabbing those things and running away. Um, but yeah, because I mean, I gotta imagine they could fetch you fifty bucks on a corner, right? Or at the very least, dude, you're sweating your ass off. Your kids are sweating their asses off. You're sitting in that you know one bedroom apartment. You got seven of you in there, and it's like, dude, we gotta do something here. Like it's a desperation move. Do you have central air in your house? Not at the one I'm living in. No, I do uh... not. It's uh, it's a window air conditioner, so like it's all right because you turn on the air conditioner at 5 o'clock and, and the bedroom's cool enough. But it does. It just sucks so when you're sitting there. Do you have two? Do you have one upstairs, one downstairs? Oh, just one. I just got the one in the bedroom. Oh, yeah. so it's like your bedroom living all summer. Yeah, dude. Oh, there's there was multiple points this weekend where it was like, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. Just go up in the bedroom because it's cool in there. Like, there was multiple points we had to do that this weekend. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, it's yeah. that hot for sure. S- sweaty. 
hot. Just want to remind everybody, dude, wear some deodorant. In fact, double up on it, dude, with humidity and heat like this. We're all funky. We're all stanking, especially you, whoever's listening right now. Oh, dude, for you sure. Need you. Some, you need to put some more deodorant. For on. sure. You listening right now. Yes, he's right. Yes, you're 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 in you're in sweatville. So like, we, we can't have it. Sweatville action right Honestly, there. Honestly, I got home Saturday. We played Hawks Nest and I got home Saturday and I like pulled my golf shirt over my body. And I like ran to the bathroom because I was like, dude, you stink. Oh. Like, dude, like my body just reeked like like sweat. How was the uh, how was the golf game this weekend? You do all right? So Saturday, not so much now. Okay. Saturday was not great, but we played in an eight some. It was a scramble. It was hard. I mean, it was just it was a long day. It was just a long day. I had fun. It was great. And the people were great. But it's that was a long day. So no, not so much. Yesterday I played a little bit better. Um I drove the ball great yesterday, which is odd for me. I normally it's it's my iron game that's better, but like now then I lost that. That's the problem with this goddamn game, Fantone, is that <laughs> it never gives it all to you on one day. Like one day you'll drive it and then you can't hit a seven iron, and then the next day you'll go and you can putt great, but you can't chip for anything. And it's like, dude, it was so there's a little bit of that, but I drove the ball really well yesterday. One day she looks really good, the next day she cleans the house, third day it's dinner, but you never get it all at once. It's gotta oh, be, you it's know gotta be what? tough. Speaking of that, it's gotta be tough. So sad, I have to go back to Saturday. Okay. My buddy, uh, my, my friends Bob and Kathy played with us, right? And, uh, and Bob's pretty good. And uh, his wife's not bad. Kathy's actually a pretty decent golfer. Her putter. Was so hot, dude. She sunk a forty footer on us to cover a birdie. That sucks. Yeah, no, no, that sucked. I ended up losing some money on that one. Uh, no, she sunk a forty footer on us, and then later in the round, I think she sunk like another twenty five footer. Like I said to Bob, I was like, dude, I don't care if she never cleans. She puts like that, dude. You got to keep her forever. Like you, you have to keep that woman forever. But uh, so yeah, no, it was good. You know what? You what prediction you had that was way off? What is that? Dude, the courses were empty. Really? Empty. I am shocked. Father's Day weekend, you just figure everyone's Everyone. like, Dad, come on. Dude, Hawks Nest was empty. I'm shocked, dude. I empty. really am. Do you think it was the heat or do you think, I mean, what what, what was the cause of that? <sighs> heat might have been it yesterday. Yeah, I mean, we teed off at 1030 at Tam O'Shanner yesterday and they had a little bit of activity early. But then as our round started going, nobody was coming behind us. I couldn't believe it. I looked around. I mean, there was nobody anywhere. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I figure dads who play twice a year, one of those days is Father's Day. Always, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I saw a little, I mean, don't get me wrong. I saw a little bit of that father and, you know, I mean, his two sons. And actually, the guy, I played with my buddy Wayne and his dad uh, yesterday. Um, his dad lives down here. Wayne lives up in Cleveland. He and I bartended the Agora together. And uh, so I played with them and, uh, and their buddy. And uh, we had a great time, but no, I mean the course was. I was I was convinced all weekend. I was like, oh man, everywhere I go, it's just going to be yeah. swamped, and I'm yeah. going to enjoy it less. But no, it was great. Rate of play was absolutely excellent. Fantone is uh, has decided to to get annoyed about something he was reading online. This is all about Honey Boo Boo for some reason, and he's up in arms about it. We'll get into that. That will be next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Again, coming up 7 o'clock. The teams who have worse odds to win the Super Bowl than your Cleveland Browns. I have to assume they're like the Indians and the Cavs, right? I mean, like that's got to be it, right? That's who else? It's very funny, but no, no. And I've been saying this, right? They've upgraded in a lot of positions: GM, quarterback twice, running back, wide receiver, defensive end, 
Defensive line. They, I mean, dude, they've upgraded in some serious places. Pretty much across the board. Um, Offensive they, coordinator. Haven't played a game together yet. I just feel like that's a very premature, like, oh, these teams are going to be considerably worse than the Browns, who have not played a single game together yet. That's a fair point. That's a fair knock. Coming up at 7 o'clock, we'll give you those teams with worse odds. So, when you do a job like this, you're obviously in the public eye. You become... People will use the word famous. It's not the right word. It's recognizable is the word, is what I've always said. Is that It's not that you're famous. People will recognize you. They don't care about the fact that they've just recognized you is essentially what it is. You care when you meet somebody famous, right? Um, but you are recognizable. You're in the public eye a little bit. And there are things that will happen through that. Some good, some bad. I will admit that that having a job like this has opened some doors and avenues to other things that I would not have been had access to have had I not had this job, right? Yeah, the VIP room at Gatsby's, that's the door he's talking about right there. Just open that bad boy up. Well, I believe a debit card could get you in there, but right, but right. but yes, it has made it easier. Yes. Okay. Shh. I don't like giving out all, you don't gotta tell them everything you know, dude. And Fantone's kind of going through this right now. And uh, it's a little flattering because it, it, it just goes to show that the show is good and it is reaching a large you know portion of people when stuff like this starts to happen. It's much like the theory, like you're not really breaking through until people hate you. Until there are people out there who hate you and tell everybody else how much they hate you, you're not really doing much, right? And there are things that happen when you do a job like this. And Fantone's kind of going through one of these, which if I have my information correct, because I got hit up about this myself, and I said something to you and you were like, "Ah, I'm kind of on it, and I kind of like just let it go. But somebody hit me up about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago now, and said, I think somebody hacked your buddy's Facebook account, meaning they hacked your Facebook account. But we find out. Or at least I think you found out that that's not actually what happened. No, I'm 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 still kind of piecing this all together, but it has been going on for like two weeks. I've been getting messages from people who are like, "Yo, dude, you're sending me these weird messages. What's up with them?" And I'm like, "I'm not sending you anything. Like I've never talked to you in my life." And at first, I, that's kind of what I was. I was just like, "Dude, what are you talking about? Like, no, this this has nothing right. to do with me." Um, and then I thought, well, maybe I got hacked. And I thought someone was using my account to send out information from my account. That's not necessarily what was happening either because I don't have any records of these conversations. Meaning in your sent or in your messages, they're not showing up in your box at all. Right. So I I have found out. Which they do in Facebook. I have found out what I think is going on here is that somebody has like essentially like cloned my Facebook and is using it via messenger and is asking people for money. And uh, this dude, his uh, he said his wife got hit up. This dude, Josh, told me, hey, my wife, you sent a message to my wife. And I'm like, oh, I did not do that. And he's like, no, no, dude, here. And he sends me a screenshot of it. And I essentially, this isn't me, but like the person pretending to be me is like, hey, how are you? And the person responds, hey, sure. Fantone, what's up? Hey, I love like, the show, you know, man. Hey, cool. Yeah. Like, dude, like, you're talking to me for what here? And then it goes into... I need $400 to transfer for a friend for his surgery. This is me saying to this woman, I need $400 to transfer to me for a friend's surgery. If I could borrow at least $200, I will refund it on Tuesday. The total amount we need is $800, but we have $500 raised. Can you please help me? It might save his life. All right. Before we get any further, I want to say this to every member of the audience. We will never. Unless at a bar, <laughs> ask you to borrow money. No. Ever. Ever. We would never ever, ask you to ever. borrow money. 
We would never do that. We may have a GoFundMe for something or this and that. We'd post. It would be officially at the website. It would be officially at the Facebook pages. You'd be able to tell. We would never hit you up privately and ask you for money. No, and certainly not. Am I asking? Each other? Yes. <laughs> I certainly, I'm not asking for money for myself. If I'm if I'm sending out a link like, hey, we're doing a fundraiser Child, for this. Sure. Cancer, homeless, on fire, something. Yes. Whatever. Sure. But I never, never would I be like, hey, give me some money. Dude, no. that's absolutely crazy. It's a bad look. A terrible Look, it's a dude. bad, bad. That's look. a bad look for anybody, man. I'm sorry, but if you're constantly or even like with any frequency asking people who aren't necessarily your inner circle of, hey, can I borrow money, dude? If you if it's like, yo, I gotta pay my rent, and I'm a hundred bucks short, mom, can I borrow a hundred bucks? Fine. If if you can text me, you can ask me for the money. But you just can't. Yeah, you can't Facebook message me asking to, me for money. If you have to Facebook message me, I say this about concert tickets all the time too. When when, when people ask me, I'm like, dude, if you have my number, you can ask me for that favor. If you don't, then you're not close enough to me to ask me for that favor so josh sent me that message and i was like bro this is not me do not respond to this you know tell your wife to stay away from it about i would probably say five six other people within the past two weeks have so you know over the weekend i'm kind of like researching like well what can i do here what can i uh, what do i do it's not like i have an ins at facebook that you guys don't have it's just like search facebook help and hopefully i'll find something there um and as i'm kind of looking for stuff over the course of the weekend i get a message from Matthew Fantone. Oh, stop. From Matthew Fantone. And it's like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, good. Better than you. I'm like, good. Who is this? I have the 800. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? So uh, they never respond back to me. And I look and I'm kind of like going through it. And there's something that says like, resp- report this message. So I report it. Okay. And reported it as somebody pretending to be me. So not just spam. I don't. Yeah. Not just spam. Not just like, hey, this bothered me or this was offensive now, to me. It was somebody is pretending to be me. I'm assuming throughout all this, you have. Excuse me. Change your passwords and yes. like that whole thing. Yes, okay, yes, right. yes, yes, yes. I've done all that. So I think, like I said, I, this this to me isn't isn't somebody got into my account. This is somebody recreated my account. Knows that you're somebody who could who could get people to do this. The, well, yeah, because that's the thing too. Is like. There with, are people who listen who would give you the money. With some notoriety because you'd be like, well, sure, this guy's trustworthy. Like, sure. I know who this dude is. Yeah. And, and, and not well, at all. Well, even aside from that, there are people who like you enough just to give you the money. I don't know if you're out there. I'm sitting right here right now. But the thing I will say, that messenger, um, it said logged in using a phone number from Nigeria. So I don't know if that's – I don't know if that's – True to the heart, like there's something happening. Like, it, it, in well, that can't be true. We all know the Facebook hacking ha- came from Russia. Well, well <laughs> not no. Nigeria. But, but what I think might have happened there is like they'll have essentially like IP uh, like hiders, like so that you can't find out where it's coming yeah, from. Yeah, like changes the and ping it'll, it'll, of all that. Yeah, yeah, it'll look like it's coming from Nigeria, but it's actually some dude canal in you know, Canal Fulton. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I just don't, I just don't know like what this next step is because obviously the last thing I want is for somebody to be using my name and scamming people out of money. I at first was like, dude, this this person's probably trying to get laid. This probably, this this dude's probably probably trying to be like, yo, I'm Fantone, send me naked pics. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what I thought at first, but like... That's not- what I should be doing. <laughs> I don't know why I'm always doing it as me. That is so dumb. What the hell was I thinking? I Oh my God, I could have totally thrown you underneath the bus. So do we have a resolution or no? Uh, not yet. All I did was report it, say that this person was me, and I haven't heard anything back from anybody or anyone from Facebook or anything like that. That's, I don't I don't know I don't know what's happening now. Wow. Okay. Here's the thing. You can send the checks made out to <laughs> made out to us at the radio station. That's how we want the money. Maybe we'll give you the PayPal account. 
Who knows? No, no, no. Seriously, we would never, and never. we would never, like I said, outside of like, dude, buy us a beer, we would never ask you for money in that manner ever. Would never happen. We'll give you the odds of the teams with worse shots to win the Super Bowl than the Cleveland Browns. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We're on Rock Number 6-9. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Uh, a lot of Cavs rumors. We'll get into that. Talk a little Indians with them as well. And I want to talk to him about this. As, uh, legal sports gambling is, uh, has been approved for New Jersey. And they say it's going to trickle in and like you know the rest of the states will follow suit. Although California, I, I read yesterday, they said, look, whoa, 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 you need to slow down. We're not looking to do this anytime soon. Shocked. I, I really am, too. Why? I really am shocked. Um, for those of you that listen to the show a lot, you know my family's lived in Vegas. My brother's lived there almost 20 years. Um, I'm a, I, I have also been a Vegas resident. I, uh, I enjoy Las Vegas. I love Las Vegas. And one of my favorite things to do in Las Vegas is to spend Sunday morning in a sports book. Now, it's Sunday morning there because of when they play football out west. Sunday morning in the sports book. It's It's amazing. It's you can bet on every game. There's fans of every game. All the games are on right in front of you. There's no like, well, I'll change the channel. They're all on right in front of you. There's normally a hot dog buffet that's pretty good. Uh, the drinks are you know reasonably priced. It's one of the best. If you're a sports fan, watching sports in a sports book is amazing. You're follow. You're you're surrounded by follow degenerates who are you know risking their 401ks and their child's college you know futures. Okay. Throw them out the window. So now, full disclosure, I have been in this situation where you've had. Competing people with bets, yeah, r- rooting for you know different outcomes and things, and there will be glares from across the room. I mean, you never see anything get physical, but I mean, you know, there's a little bit of that, and there's trash talk between you know fan bases and stuff. It's awesome. One of my favorite things to do in Las Vegas. Yeah, nothing will make you more invested in a game that you really don't care about than, than having betting. money on it. Than I mean, it. that just makes it all of a sudden, you know, all 48 minutes of that basketball game, you're like, dude, this is hit right here, you know. So, New Jersey has got their Super Bowl odds out. Okay. Now, I don't know how this works with them. I don't know if they're running their bets through Las Vegas or what they're doing. I don't know how New Jersey's doing it. I really don't. I would. I, there's a part of me that thinks that they would just follow suit with Las Vegas, let Las Vegas lead, and, and everyone else will follow. But I bet you there's a little bit of like, nah, dude, well, we're, we're countering what Vegas does. We're giving you another alternative. I could see that theory, except for the fact that New Jersey has Atlantic City, and all those brands okay. are an extension okay. of Vegas. That's why I okay. think they're probably more likely to run through there. But I Good don't point. know. But I, but I do not know. All right? So you're Cleveland Browns in New Jersey. Are seventy-five to one to win the Super Bowl, to win it all. Seventy-five to one. That's not good. Okay, that makes them a pretty big underdog. However, another team in your division, the Cincinnati Bengals, are a hundred and twenty-five to one. We're coming off zero and sixteen. Now, I don't know if this is New Jersey saying what I've been saying, which is, well, look, you upgraded at GM. You upgraded at offensive coordinator, quarterback two times, running back, defensive end, defensive line, wide receiver. I'm listing a lot of stuff where you upgraded, right? But Fantone's always pointing this out, and I don't think he's crazy to do so, which is, yeah, all those are upgrades. There's no denying. But where did you upgrade from? So there's that. And B, they haven't played together yet. So you don't know what it's going to look like. 
Yeah, I mean, we can we can all think of an example of sometime within your fandom of sports where it was like, man, this team on paper, dude, this is it. This is the team right here. And then you, they get together, and it's like, man, this just, just did not work out. I'll give you a team uh, th- that kind of fits that bill. And they were on, I believe it was Hard Knocks, was it last year, maybe the season before? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, had got their quarterback. Have Mike Evans, the wide receiver, pretty damn good. There's a couple of other things there. Looking like they were going to be pretty good. Where they were on Hard Knocks, New Jersey has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 100-1. to Worse than your Cleveland Browns. I'll give you a couple of other teams. Buffalo Bills, again, traded up, got Josh Allen. Everybody, There were people thinking Josh Allen was going to end up in a Browns jersey. I'm happy he didn't. I would rather have Baker Mayfield than Josh Allen, full disclosure. Bills, 100-1 to to win it. The Miami Dolphins, a team sniffing the playoffs, who had a hurt quarterback, and I believe he's coming back, are 100-1 to to win it. I already gave you the Bucs. The Colts, 100-1. to Andrew Luck throwing the football again. We'll see what happens there. The New York Jets, Sam Darnold, just drafted him. They're 100-1 to to win it. Give people a better explanation of what that means. Like, what does it mean when I'm 175 to win it, or so, I'm three to two, or whatever it is? So, here. 100 to one is essentially you're getting paid. So, if all right, so 75 to one is the Browns, right? Yeah. If I bet a dollar, I win 75. Okay. Okay. See what I'm saying? Vegas feels like you got no shot. Throw the money away if you want. Right. So that's why it's it's you get such a big payout. Now, if I pick the Patriots, who let's say are. I don't know what they are, but they're going to be—they're the favorite, right? So let's say they're to, to be the favorite instead of 175. Let's say they're three to two, which means you would have to bet three dollars to, to win, win the that two. two. Okay. Win the two, yeah. Okay. You, so you bet more money to win, right? Yes. With, with with a favorite, you're going to have to put a bigger bet down to get some sort of return. There. And certain bets have a minimum bet. Like there are certain bets where it's like, hey, okay, yeah, you can bet it that way, but you have to bet ten. So if I want to bet the favorites, the Patriots, yeah. then it's like, no, dude, you have to come with a thousand dollars. You gotta or, bet it. I'm not. I'm not taking this $5 bet from you. Like okay. a drug dealer's like, dude, I'm not doing nickel bags. Okay. If you want to buy an ounce, you know what I mean? Well, what, what, welcome to you know the underbelly. They all kind of run the same way. There. Okay. They all kind of run the same way there. Dude, 75 to 1? I mean, weirder things have happened. <laughs> what? What weirder has happened than the Browns winning the Super Bowl this year, my friend? You tell me. You tell me weirder. Alright, I just wanted to say things. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you were going to press me. Now, the Seahawks are 50 to 1. I got to tell you that might not be a bad bet cuz that's a team that could sneak and do it. Like that's a team that could come out of the middle of the pack and do it. Got a good quarterback. I know they're you know that locker room's going through a bunch of stuff and there's been a bunch of changes, but they got a good coach, good owner, good quarterback. Normally that's a pretty good foundation. I don't hate the bet of the of the Seahawks at 50 to 1. But I find it interesting that the Browns have better odds than like six teams. And again, let's look at these teams. The Dolphins, they have a court. Dude, Washington, the Redskins at 100 to 1. They added Alex Smith this year. You mean to tell me the Washington Redskins with Alex Smith under center are worse odds than the Cleveland Browns? It's also worth noting these odds can change. These are just as they stand right here. Fair and point. You don't necessarily know what's going to happen with these teams as free agency happens and additional signings happen and you know injuries and stuff can change the things up here. But, but if uh, you get r- the bet now, you get the bet. But, but it's locked in. Yeah, 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 yeah. They can't change it in the future, the terms right. and conditions of it. But you're right, dude. I mean, these are teams with returning talent. Alex Smith right. is a playoff caliber quarterback. 
Now, we could argue whether or not he's an A-list guy, A-plus guy, or whatever. He's a B-plus for sure. These take into consideration uh, difficulty of schedule, I would assume, right? I think so, and that schedule's not going to be easy, right? Because that's what? Eagles, Giants, them... Um, I'm yeah, missing, I'm you're, missing you're, you're running through a gauntlet there, but I mean the Browns have one of the toughest schedules Cowboys. in the NFL too. So it's just like I, I don't know this all. The, all this to me, it seems a little bit like, well, dude, if we take, if we take the Browns, who we is a perpetual turd, if we take the Browns Jeez. and we 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 give them that bonus, maybe that's maybe that's what it is. It's like, hey, if we give them better odds right now, we can steal money from these idiot Cleveland fans. Oh well, are, are you asking me whether or not casinos put sucker bets out there because of people bet with their hearts, not their heads? The answer is yes. Because, dude, I'm telling you right now, our buddy Dustin listening right now is calling somebody. Is Loves making, him at seventy five to one. Dude, making a Loves call him. right now, throwing money yeah. down on it right now. I, I, I can guarantee you the dude would do no, it. No, I, I played with him Friday night. I played <laughs> golf with him on Friday night. And he was. He was in the cart. And and we started talking about it. And he's like, I don't know, man. I think they're going to be pretty good. I was like, I know, Dustin. You thought they were going to be pretty good last year. But I do think I think they will be much improved. I don't think 75 to 1 is a good bet. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about winning a Super Bowl here. If you here. like long odds, if you like underdog long odds, I like the Seahawks at 50 to 1. I do like that bet. With all the things that the Browns have to be excited about, and there's a slew of them. I mean, like you said, there's a million positions they upgraded at, and I'd be a liar to Everywhere. say I'd be a liar to say there's not a sense of like optimism coming back into me. Like, well, dude, maybe they are turning this thing around. Also worth noting, the Browns still have seventy one million dollars left of salary cap space, dude. That's the most in the NFL that they still have to spend. So, like, a I move is coming. I, oh, it has to be, man. Right? I mean, significant moves, dude. I mean, you look at guys like Duke Johnson who just got a fifty. Million dollar contract over three years, right there. Dude, they still have 71 to spend this year. That's big, big, big bucks. So when it comes time for a, a, a talented free agent to be like, dude, I'm trying to get paid, man. My career is going to be over in two to three years here, and I'm trying to get the most money. The Browns are going to be able to throw money at people. Like, they're going to be able to, you know, and I mean, hopefully they don't, you know, they're not wasteful about it. But at the same time, you got 71 million dollars, man. You better make it rain out there. Yeah, go get me a couple of. Go get me a couple of guards. A couple of everything. Go get me a tackle, a couple of good guards. Let's make sure that offensive line is really good. Jeremy tweeting in and says, if you take away the games lost by a rookie quarterback last year and a mistake here and there, we wouldn't have went 0-16. And I agree. No, 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 no. This is true. This is a good argument. The, the, The Browns were in position to win games. They gave away games late a couple of times because that quarterback made bad decisions in the red zone. He did. Now, look, you cannot... It happened, though. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, you can't retroactively go back and put W's up on the board. You can't do it. But what I I would, to Jeremy's point, last year in those situations with the lead fourth quarter, Tyrod Taylor under quarterback, I believe those games get won. Do you? One of the game gets yes. won. But, I mean, th- th- at this point we're talking about three and, and 29 for a record over two years. You know not, I, no, 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 nothing. No, 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 no. Tyrod Taylor wasn't going to make the record that much better to where we're sitting here, you know, popping bottles. I would agree with that. However, you have to start building the foundation and the culture somewhere. And I think that this might be it right now. Uh, you know, I, I, I said about Dorsey, at least he has got legitimate NFL pedigree behind him where, where his, where his track record, there is some stuff there. He found Tyreek Hill in the middle of nowhere. He found Kareem Hunt in the middle of nowhere in those rounds. Like, he does kind of know the NFL body he or the NFL mentality and, like, what these guys are about. He does seem to get it. 
And I don't, and I believe that analytics can help you put a roster together in every sport. But much like my favorite sport, golf, analytics is ruining golf right now. These guys all have these track men things out there on the driving range with them. They're trying to get too dialed in. It's becoming less about feel, and it's why guys are burning out. And why I think it's ruining stuff. And I think much like analytics has, has kind of taken over too much. It is a portion of what it is you should be doing, but if you're relying solely on it the way we were, I don't think it leads to good things. There is, There are unmeasurables. There are heart. End of the fourth quarter. Down three points with three minutes to go. Do you have it? Or are you the kind of person who goes, you know what, there's only three minutes left. We're down three. We're not going to be able to do it. And you kind of mentally give up. I don't believe analytics tells you that. I believe GMs with eyes and, and, and knowing the game can tell you that. And so I think Dorsey is going to lead to, to good things. But then again, full disclosure, I thought Mike Holmgren was, was going to lead to good things too. I totally did. And so obviously, I don't know a goddamn thing. Sexual abuse allegations have taken yet more TV shows away from us. We're going to wade through this together next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. This report is brought to you by UMA Office. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We'll pass out those incarceration tickets coming up at 830. That show July 13th through the 15th. Mansfield Reformatory there. You're going to win those and be pretty damn lucky. You'll get to see Clutch and I won't. A little jealous on that one. Well, it's a pretty good lineup, though, man. You got Bush on that lineup. I know Clutch we're both excited about there. Our Lady Peace is a part of it. You got a day to remember. I like those dudes a lot. Yeah, that that dude, that show's getting really solid. Yeah. Pretty damn solid. Yeah. So we have um over this last what it's probably about a year and a half, two years. Maybe even under. We've seen the Me Too movement kind of um, start the conversation that there is wrongdoing happening, especially what seems with Hollywood, where like dudes are just like acting inappropriately. We saw it a couple of times with guys in news stations too. It just seems like the entertainment industry was just kind of rocked by this stuff. At least where it kind of started, I think all industries have it, but a lot of a lot of a lot of the catalyst was kind of in the entertainment industry. Well, you know? not only that, but the audience will care. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where you know you don't necessarily care about what's going on in your bank down the street, but but on the set of a TV show you care about, you do. Yeah, and I I don't know if it's because like oh well you know Kara Knightley is more famous, or if it's because it's something that's in our face, or if it's I, I don't know what that is, but there is something about where it's like. Well, these women of power are able to do something where it's like if you're a waitress, I'm like what, what dude, are you gonna I'm do? Getting, I'm getting sexually harassed. Nobody's saying nothing about it. That's true. So AMC is a uh, is obviously a television network. They carry um, like The Walking Dead is like one of their big things they have, right? Mm-hmm. And so Chris Hard Hardwick is a former stand up comedian. One of these guys who kind of worked with E for a while, and yeah, he's on AMC. I know he does like. Um, his talking series is on AMC. He always did like the Talking Dead, which was on AMC. You know, talking about the Walking Dead. I guess he was like a big fan or whatever. Yeah, and Oof. they kind of turned it into a talk show. I don't get the Walking Dead personally. I, I watched the first two seasons and I realized it's like, dude, this is people walking around in a field. Like, I don't need this anymore. Yeah, I mean, people were just so like, oh, they the love Walking it. Dead. They love okay, it. we get it. It's All very right, much right. like how I am with Game of Thrones, right. dude. If you like one of these niche shows, we are the niche show fan bases are wildly annoying. You know what I mean? We're all the same. We all fight for our show and that we think the, all the other shows are dumb but the one we like. And I'm totally guilty of it with the Game of Thrones. Right? But I guess a former girlfriend of his 
has accused him of sexual misconduct in um, in their relationship. He had he had done some things, right? And so AMC had says, "Look, we have had a positive working relationship with Chris Hardwick for many years. We take the troubling allegations that surfaced yesterday very seriously. While we assess the situation." Talking with Chris Hardwick will not air on AMC, and Chris has decided to step aside from moderating planned AMC and BBC America panels at Comic-Con International in San Diego. I believe that's this next coming month. He also hosts The Walking Dead's after show Talking Dead and AMC, as we told you, as well as other spinoffs of the show, such as Talking Bad and Talking Preacher. These are all shows that air on AMC. They're getting very, very smart, getting people to talk about their products when, you know, outside of the show yeah. just being on. Yeah. Okay. So I guess Chris Hardwick went on to say, I was heartbroken to read Chloe's post. He said, our our three-year relationship was obviously not perfect. We were uh, ultimately not a good match and argued, even shouted at each other. But I loved her and did my best to uplift her and support her as a partner and companion in any way. In no time did I sexually assault her. All right. She's claiming a little bit different here. Now, he's denying the allegations. I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong. I don't know who did what. Okay, but I find what AMC had to say here very interesting. They start off by saying we have had a positive working relationship with Chris Hardwick. Now, I don't know this as what they mean, but to all right, I'll say this. If this were me and my company had put out that statement, I would feel as if my company has just said, We're aware of the allegation. We know our employee. We've started to look into this. We thus far believe the guy who works for us. Am I crazy to think that? Um, No. I mean, you know, they didn't fire him immediately. So, like, they're stepping aside from the program. That's an important point. They didn't yank the shows. They're just deciding until we figure this out, we're not running this. Which I kind of think is the best course of action here, right? It is the best course of action. However, it leaves us open to the worst course of action. I don't love when 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 these channels and these networks just go, okay, well, you've been accused. That's enough. You're done. We're throwing you to the side. Because I believe that that says you're guilty. We don't want you anywhere near us. And unless you know somebody's guilty, I don't love that. Now, you have the right to do it. Your network, do whatever you want. I just don't prefer it. But this, I think, leads us I think it leaves us open for serious problems. And that is, if, if if the new standard will be we just suspend you, then I believe what will happen there is people will go, I can make these allegations and just cause problems for you. If a woman knows this, ultimately, at the end of the day, if if you just, if you upset her and she knows she can disrupt your life and not necessarily ruin it, I believe that that will lead to more women saying this happened when maybe it did not. Do we have numbers here that show like well, how frequently when it comes to uh, well, allegations you know? oh, when it comes to allegations of sexual assault, how many of those cases have been found guilty and how many of those cases have been found that they were false allegations? Well, I, that I don't know, but I also know there have been cases where people have pleaded down who have said, "Look, I was innocent. I am innocent." But with the way the justice system works and the way people believe certain things versus other things, you know what? You just plead it down to a lesser charge and you take it. 
There are things like that. There are times where celebrities will honestly just settle lawsuits because it's cheaper. Does does that not happen in other allegations outside of sexual assaults when it comes to like, hey, this guy said that I'm or this woman said that I mugged her, but I'm going to take this lesser. You know what I mean? Like, does this? this I would is, imagine so. I mean, so like, so if if we're pointing at like you know real issues within the judicial system, sure, but I don't think that's necessarily exclusive to just sexual assault. Couldn't I say that like, hey, Chris Hardwick, you know, stole money from me and and and, and the same things. Well, I do believe celebrities have been targets of 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 criminal scams that way. I believe they have, I and ju- I believe they would tell you that they have. I guess I would just like to see like the numbers of this as opposed to just the like, well, this is maybe what's going to happen. I I just I worry because what what doesn't ever seem to happen, and I know it does. I, I know that they do, but. And I think that this is just the way we consume stories, is we only care when the story breaks. We don't care about the resolution of anything. Meaning, at the end of this, if if, if a woman then accuses a man of this, and it turns out it's not thing, like, she just goes back out into the ether. And she's just back out there, and, like, like it doesn't seem like there are any repercussions for it. Now, I know you're going to be able to Google, well, this case, and look at this one, and this but, like, what happens to this woman? If we find out that, that Chris Hardwick is innocent, and so far, with AMC kind of getting his back, because they did, and he coming out and saying, look, I didn't do this. Now, look, I believe you should hear every victim out. People who are telling you they're a victim, you need to hear them out because you don't know until you hear the story. You got to hear them out, okay? But I do believe that if you now send the message that we will take shows off the air even over allegation... I worry that that will increase allegations because could not be, let's be honest when you are in an argument with your better half you people go to extremes you only go to extremes in arguments with people who you care about it's the only people who can push your button that way and so you end up saying things you don't mean you do things you wish you hadn't and I worry that if the standard's going to be oh I'll get my boyfriend suspended from his job for two weeks and all it's going to take is an allegation is saying he did this until people get it figured out if people there are people out there that just want to disrupt your life and I feel like we're going to see an increase in this I called this two years ago with this I said look these people are going to start coming out of the woodwork and we're going to have false accusations and I believe we may already have one here and Chris Hardwick. And if I racked my brain, I bet I could find three or four more over this last year and a half that this is going to lead to a dangerous place that I do believe this stuff happens for sure. I do. But this, I do believe that there is an overreporting of, Hey, this guy's bad or this guy's this. I believe it's very easy much like the word racist is very easy just to throw at somebody when you don't like them. I believe that this is becoming very easy just to say this about somebody and will disrupt their life just to do it. More Stansberry Show is right around the corner. You guys hang on. Uh, yo, guys, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show telling you about Honor Fighting Championship. That's right, Fight Fest. It all happens June 30th from the legendary Chaparral's Event Center in Akron. Honor Fighting Championship, the fastest growing MMA promotion in America. If you've been to one of these events, you know why. If you haven't, make sure Fight Fest is the one you come to. We've got 17 hard-hitting bouts lined up, and you could be a part of the action. Tickets still available, as well as VIP packages. Get yourself hooked up at HonorFightingChampionship.com This report is brought to you by UMA Office. Rock 106.9 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. We'll do that at 8 o'clock. A lot of rumors about the Cavaliers. Apparently uh, reached out to San Antonio talking to Kawhi Leonard. I hear uh, the reports are he wants out of San Antonio. 
So you got to wonder, if, is that looking to bring Kawhi Leonard here so we can keep LeBron James? Or are they thinking, well, LeBron's probably going to go, so let's get a star in here. That way we at least have competitive basketball, and Kawhi Leonard could be that star. Be very interested. I would, uh, can't wait to hear what Scott has to say about that. We'll talk to him soon. I uh, also did read this. We're an Akron woman now had been in a hotel and kept her uh, the body of her boyfriend who apparently died of heroin overdose in the hotel room for four days. Wow. Catherine Carmen, 34, uh, has been charged with abuse of a corpse. Uh, this was, I believe, last Thursday. Um, according to police reports, her and her boyfriend were staying at, uh, at some hotel, and the boyfriend had overdosed after taking a bunch of the heroin, Right. So then she passes out on the bed, woke up, he's not breathing, so then she moved him to the floor, claimed she tried to do some CPR, but through that, still a little groggy from the heroin she had done, passes back out yet again. Wow. No. The next day, she wakes up, covers the body with a sheet, and then she stayed in the hotel room until she had done the rest of the heroin. Now, she does tell cops, look, I had left the room a couple of times. I went and slept in the woods for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> if you have a hotel room where you're going to sleep in the woods, my guess is because there's a dead body on the floor. Right. And then she had also said, look, I left and went to uh, you know another person's house and I bought some heroin, which I'm sure those people love the fact that you told the cops that because I'm sure the cops are going to want to talk to them too. Right. So then the cops then end up at the hotel because the management calls for a welfare check because you can smell the dead body in the parking lot of the hotel. Now, this just goes to show you the strength and power of these drugs, okay? I don't believe that a person, this is why I think, like, you got to stop. This is this is a perfect argument right here why marijuana should not be a Schedule One drug, right? There is no way in the world somebody who smokes marijuana is going to wake up, find somebody dead in a hotel room, cover their body with a sheet, and stay in that hotel room just so they can smoke the rest of that weed. Right. Never going to happen. Never, ever, 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 ever going to happen. These drugs are different, and therefore you should treat them differently, and there should be different penalties for moving stuff around, selling it, holding it, and everything else. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. You're going to be able to point to examples of like, yeah, well, my 15-year-old stole $20 out of my wallet so he could go buy weed with it. And like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but you're right here where like these drugs fundamentally change, change who you are. You, uh, you you never would have done something like that. And like, ne- I mean, for four days you're sitting there. But like, look at look at how many look at how many parents are nodding off from heroin overdoses while they're driving their kids. Behind the wheel of the car. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these, these things that should be like, God, this is parenting. This should be your maternal instinct that kicks in and like, I have to protect my child and heroin just overrides it. It just changes the soul of you as a person. It changes your ethic center. I just can't, I can't wrap my head around four days where it's like a dead body is just sitting there next to you. I've told the story a couple of times, right? About how I went down to New Orleans and they have like, they they have tombs there, right? They're above ground kind of. And like, so you have to like dig them up a a lot because the, you know, the ground's so soggy and all that. And they had emptied a casket out, and we had turned the corner at that at, at that place, and like, and as soon as I turned the corner, I can I can still smell it. I was that it was that was the year 1999, I believe, was when I was there. I and I can still smell it in the back of my nose. The fact that that woman was able to be in there speaks to the strength and power that that drug has over people, dude. And it's a completely different thing. And it makes me absolutely insane that this country can't figure drugs out. 
that we have come this far and we can't figure out that there is a massive difference in these drugs and that there are steps along the way. As a matter of fact, we have just now labeled video game addiction as a disease. So I understand that drug addiction is a disease, but so is playing video games these days because we have turned everything into a disease. We have got to get this stuff figured out. Heroin is very different from other drugs, and we need to start treating it differently. Otherwise, we are always going to be exactly where it is we are right now. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. That will be next on Rock 106.9. This report is brought to you by UMA Office. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We do it every Monday at 8. We talk to our good buddy, Scott from winningfornextyear.com. So, Scott, let's start here, buddy. Uh, I don't want to, but you and Fantone are both <laughs> nerds. So let's start with Money in the Bank from last night. Uh, what are your thoughts on the big WWE excursion? I uh, thought it was a good show, especially for one of the uh, kind of second-run pay-per-views. I thought that I thought the, there was a couple unnecessary matches, but I think the ones that the top of the card were, 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 were well executed and told a good story. So I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Phantom. What'd you think about Ronda Rousey last night? Oh, I thought they were going to put the strap on her, um, but you you can't have her lose clean. So I thought the way that they wrote that out, I thought it uh, worked pretty well. Um, you Hold know, on. they're going to have to figure something out because that Nia is twice her size, so they're going to have to figure out a way to make that a little a little more realistic. But I, I thought again, she did well. Uh, but they're going to need her in the ring a lot more often than once every couple months. Lose clean? I don't. Well, you, you can't you can't have you can't have Ronda Rousey just get beat one two three in the middle of the squared circle. Somebody's got to come out there cheat. Ah. In. See, I thought you were confused about when Scott said, "Well, we're going to put the strap on Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax was there." And I was I, like, "Whoa!" Dude, I felt whoa. like that was belt. Whoa, yes, that was the belt. I thought maybe you'd have a little bit of confusion there. No, I I could see Ronda putting the strap <laughs> on though and, and getting to her pegging. I could see it. She's you know what I mean she's tough for sure. Let's move forward though, Scott. Can we can we talk about Phil real quick though? What are your thoughts? There. All right, so yeah, Phil Mickelson for the you know, for, for people not understanding the uh, the reference, uh, the U.S. Open. He hit a putt and he knew it was going to roll off the back of the green. He runs after it and he strikes the ball again when it's still moving. You are not allowed to do that. <laughs> now I've never seen that in my life. Never, I, dude. I've never seen. I've never seen weekend golfers do it. Like I, I've seen guys <laughs> stick their feet out, but I've never seen like somebody like run after it and like hit it again to stop. No, it's crazy. Now Phil claims he knew it was a two-stroke penalty. And so he was like, he, that he did it, that it was calculated. Now, Phil's won 47 sometimes or you know, whatever it is on tour. So I, I think he knows the rules, but I think he's totally lying here. I think it, that course was frustrating. I think it got the better of him. I think he wanted to win the U.S. Open and retire at the end of this year. Came nowhere close to it. And I think it just it got the best of him. And Lefty lost his mind and did something he shouldn't have done. I don't buy the story. Do you? No. <laughs> but, I mean, I... I I, you don't even see that like on like a putt putt course. Exactly right. I mean, you know, I mean, it was it was it was crazy. It was legit crazy. It was one of the craziest things I have seen. Um, I think some of these guys who were playing in the U.S. Open were bitching um, a little bit. Uh, unwarranted. People were asking me all weekend, is the U.S. Open supposed to be this hard? The answer is yes. The U.S. Open has always been hard. Um, I believe Jack Nicholas probably thought the U.S. Open was hard when he was playing it, but back then when he was playing, guys had hair on their chest and balls in their pants, and you weren't allowed to cry. Like, you weren't allowed to be a sissy. Nowadays, we kind of like when athletes are sissies and talk about how things are hard. Um, I, 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 I want to move to the NBA if I can. I only have so much time with you, and the rumor is, Scott, that the Cavaliers have already reached out to Kawhi Leonard. So here's what I need you to tell me as we're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. 
Did the Cavs reach out to Kawhi Leonard in hopes that he would come here to join LeBron James? Or are they thinking this is what we're going to try to get to replace? That way we are still somewhat competitive. Well, did they reach out directly to him? Because I don't know if they can do that. Well, um, I don't think they did. But at least his, his representatives or the, or, the, or the Spurs are in some, some capacity. I think it's a – they'd be dumb not to. I mean, it's a due diligence thing. Agreed. Uh, but, but Kawhi has always been kind of that – that variable that people didn't know about, like where, where, if, how this thing in San Antonio is going to end, could he be a, a piece that could help make things, you know, better for LeBron? Now, um, you know, ideally, I think if I'm LeBron, you know, I would want him to go to the Lakers, who has who have a a max space available to uh, to, to bring someone else aboard and have like a big three. That said. I think the Cavs are just trying to come up with the best offer to, to present to LeBron they can, and, and you, you can't get much better than a guy who was in the MVP discussion a little over a year ago. So it'll be, uh, it'll be. I, I, I don't know how they would get it done, given what other teams can 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 trade for him, but also I don't see other teams trading for him if there's no guarantee he's going to stay beyond beyond his contract. So it'll be a very interesting situation because Lamarcus Aldridge requested a trade from San Antonio last year, and they pretty much told him to shove it. You know where where the Cavs, you know, bent over for Kyrie. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they, what they do with Kawhi. They don't have to trade him; he's still under contract. Um, but you know, if you're the Cavs, to your point, Dan, you can bring him in, pitch it as, look, LeBron, we got the best two way two way wing in the NBA, and pretty much outside of you on this team now. Let's let's do this. But if LeBron bolts, then you at least have something to sell to the fans for a year or two before he leaves as well. Exactly right. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Kawhi Leonard is a replacement to LeBron James. Nobody but that's, is, But that's not a slight against Kawhi yeah. Leonard. That's just the truth of LeBron James right there. I think the interesting thing would be is Kevin Love for Kawhi Leonard, and I don't know if Pop would necessarily go for that, but having two seven-foot dudes that can clean glass right. and hit shots seems like a problem that Popovich would want to have. Ooh. So, like, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge and Kevin Fair. Love together, that just seems like it would make sense to me, but who knows. Um, one of the things I thought interesting about the Cavs was what Shaquille O'Neal had to say about LeBron James, and I'm paraphrasing here. Essentially said, uh, LeBron, don't make the mistake that I did of chasing rings in the final years of your career. You have put yourself in the upper echelon. You've put yourself in the greatest of all time conversation. Legacy cemented. Right. Just shut up and stay in Cleveland. Does LeBron necessarily weigh things like that? Like the opinions of the, you know, the forefathers of basketball. Does he weigh that in when he's thinking about what he's doing? Good question. I don't. I don't know if he's necessarily weighing that as much as he might already believe it. Um, you know, he's 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 a smart guy. Um, you know, and everybody's going to have an opinion. You know, I think Barkley had an opinion telling him he should stay as well, but I think then there's the rest of the world telling him he, you know, he could he still has a year or two left in him, and he can he can go somewhere else and try and topple these Warriors. So I, I, but I don't know if he's if he if he he's listening. But I don't think he cares as much as what 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 other people say. I mean, people have been trying to tell him what he should do with his career his entire life. Sixteen, right? Um, yeah. So and and he's he's always kind of gone about it his own way. And you know, I I I don't disagree with Shaq. I mean, no one remembers Shaquille O'Neal, the Phoenix Sun, right? And you know, it's so it's or the Cavs. Yeah, you're right, right, or the Celtic. Um, and I you know, so I I I completely get what he's saying. You know, and there, there is a legacy thing involved. But, you know, LeBron has shunned off the whole legacy discussion many, many times, um, you know, saying he's bigger than basketball. So wherever, you know, which is true. And so wherever he goes, you know, he's going to have to live with that decision. You know, I do think there, if, if, I think he would be very unwise to not consider what it would be like to go to another team and still not win a title. Because I think there is that, 
that will always be hanging above him uh, when that happens. You know, MJ went to Washington because he still wanted to play, and Chicago didn't want him anymore. Right. You know, clearly, clearly the Cavaliers want him. Um, you know, so going somewhere else wouldn't be in that same ilk. So yeah, I mean to answer your answer your question, I, I think he listens, but I don't think he pretty much. I don't think he puts much stock into uh, what, you know, the quote-unquote forefathers say about what he should do with his career. We're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at WFNY Scott. Um, I agree he has to be careful about going to another team and not winning a championship, and I think that that really is about the list of the teams. I think you can go to Philadelphia and not win a title there um, and, and still keep your legacy somewhat intact. I do believe if you go into a Lakers uniform and you do not win a title there, that that is a completely different thing. And then I think that that will be, and it not it's not fair, but it will be a knock on his legacy if he goes to the Lakers and he does not bring them a title. I think it's I think it's damning. I don't I I, I think that 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 conversation changes on the uniform. Am I crazy? No, because I think you also get the Kobe discussion at that point, right? right. I mean, it's not it's not even it's not just the LeBron MJ discussion or the LeBron staff or the LeBron KD or whatever you want to say. It's you're going to have the Kobe stands, rightfully probably. Um, you know, throw Kobe's name back into the discussion. I mean, they're they're trying to do it now. You know, so if you give them a reason to, if he goes back there, or if he goes to L.A., I mean, that 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 really throws another wrench into the discussion. Now, I don't think Kobe Bryant is better than LeBron, no. but Kobe won a lot of rings in L.A., and if LeBron didn't bring one, or if not two, going out there, I think you 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 open that door for for that discussion as well. For sure, you do. I and 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 I'm not sure he's going to want that. There's the other thing. If you go to the West, which obviously the Lakers are in, like the top, what, 15, 20 NBA players are all in one side of the NBA, and that can't be good. Adam Silver can't love that, right? You know, I don't know. Uh, they, they have been discussing the, re, uh, the repositioning of the, of the, uh, the seed for playoff purposes. Right. Um, which would, you know, pretty much make that moot. Um, you know, I don't know how far off they are. We're already talking about lottery reform and, Getting rid of the one and done rule in a couple of years, so the, the NBA is always willing. You know, you give got to give them credit for if, if one thing they're always willing to listen, kind of change things based on the landscape. Um, you know, so if you know, I do. I think you should change playoff standings because of the current landscape and roster construction. No, but uh, you know, if I don't, I don't think um, you know Adam would be too too upset about the West. The only thing is, you'd have to really worry about uh, East Coast viewing ratings. I would assume. Um, you know, if, if if the top twenty players are all on the West Coast starting at ten thirty, those seven thirty tip off times probably aren't going to be as exciting. But oh, yeah. I think I think that's a uh, that's just a, you know. And then you're starting to put the, you know the ad money before the before the before the fan at that point. As we're talking to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com, isn't the fix what I've been suggesting all along, which is all these sports leagues are suffering from the same problem, which is you have too many teams. You know, you know, maybe I don't know. I think there's you you do. I, I don't sense a dilution in the quality of the player i mean the you know the if we if you had if, you, if, if these teams were dressing guys who clearly weren't the best in the world at their craft and they were just throwing them out there because they wanted a team in a certain market then i think so that's a good argument but you know i say but i think the nba is just really really there's a, so many so many good players right now um you know i don't think they need to expand because i don't know you know what markets outside of maybe seattle and vegas could could uh could take a team but that said, I think you know at that point you're probably more relocation than than expansion. So I, I think they're good with thirty. Um, you know, I think a lot of these leagues with thirty to thirty-two is is kind of the right number. Um, but you know, unless you start, especially with the, with the influx of international names, you're gonna you're gonna start needing roster spots for some of these guys. So I don't know how you 
how you would downsize without without putting some of these guys on the street. We're talking to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Before I let you go, can you give me a little State of the Union on uh, on our Cleveland Indians? Uh, not really. I haven't really paid too much attention, to be honest. Uh, I, I, uh, I had the hangover from the finals. I finally got caught up on sleep after being up till 2 in the morning for those games. Um, I know Jason Kipnis is still struggling. I know Corey Kluber has been dominant. Uh, the bullpen's finally starting to get things together yes, um, after being abysmal, which is, you know, being less abysmal is, is progress. So, you know, it's, it's a long year, and they should still win this division because of how, how you know, mediocre at best it is. Um, but, yeah, no, I, haven't, I could not tell you much about the Indians uh, outside of uh, Carlos, Carras- or, uh, Carlos Carrasco has hit the DL, which, yeah. which is not good if you're talking about your uh, pitching staff carrying your, your uh, inconsistent bats to a title. Yeah, I hear it's a right elbow contusion. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, these contusions can be anything. I mean, light bruises to, you know, keeping guys oh, out for a couple weeks. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's, you know, they need to they need to get him right. Thankfully, Kluber, again, as I mentioned, has been fine. Uh, if not, you know, his Cy Young self. So we'll see what happens. So, you know, come, you know, I, you really start to tune in, you know, after, you know, after basketball season wraps up and this free agency stuff coming to a close, so I'll, I'll have better, more more intelligent Indians information for you in a, in a couple weeks. You and I are the same way there. Like, once the, once the drama for the other sports kind of starts to, like, peter out, now I'm like, all right, give me a little bit of baseball. I need some baseball there. That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We do it every Monday at 8. Buddy, we'll talk to you again next week. Have a good week, guys. Thanks. You, uh, you as well. We have those incarceration tickets. We'll pass them out next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 1069. 6-9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. We'll pass out those incarceration tickets here momentarily. 1 800 243 7625. The number you will need to see Bush rise against Clutch, Our Lady Peace, a bunch of other good bands on that as well. Pass those out here momentarily. Uh, something that used to be floated as a joke may end up being a uh, reality one day. And. I wouldn't put it past this person, and I definitely wouldn't put it past us as a people. Okay. Right? And the political environment has changed. It's yeah. just changed forever. Yeah. Better, worse, whatever, that's a separate argument. It is, in fact, different than it was even four years ago. Yeah. I think people have a shot to hold serious public office that wouldn't have a decade ago for sure. Yeah, I mean, whether you like it or not, that feeling of anybody could be president is very real at it's this point. Coming, it's coming, yeah, it's coming out. So Kim Kardashian West happened to be on, I guess, Van Jones's show at CNN, which, by the way, again, everybody always says I hate everything. Um, I'm late to the party on this. I believe it had already aired because it's on, like, I, I found it on Hulu. But CNN did a four-part like docu series on the year 1968 was awesome. All their decade series are awesome. They've done the 70s, the 60s, yeah, the those 80s, were good too. and like any 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 time. And I, I know people, but like anytime it's outside of like news coverage when it's like, hey, here's a special feature on something. I'm usually like, man, that was pretty good. Tom Hanks was the executive producer of 1968. It was four episodes, and it's crazy. Where this country was just that short time. My brother was born in 1968. Like, so, like, you know what I mean? It's not that long ago. And it's crazy to see where this country was just that short time ago. It really, that was an eye opening thing. So, again, for the people who, you hate everything. No, I don't. 
But Kim Kardashian had been on Van Jones' show and was asked about whether or not she would seek public office. And she said, well, I guess you never say never. And she said, I honestly saw that if I could use my platform just to do something for one person, this is, again, how she, you know, she was talking about uh, this woman she just helped get released from prison, that it opens the conversation for so much more. And if other people want to do the same thing, that would be awesome. She, or I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing there a little bit. She said, if more people would just put their personal feelings aside and talk about really important issues that have to be discussed, then so much more can get done, she said. Now, I agree with that statement. I believe what's happening in this country right now is we're losing the ability to hear an opinion we disagree with and not then hate the person who said the opinion versus yeah. talk the subject out. Yeah. We're losing that ability as a people. The ability to hear other people talk and disagree with them without being enraged by it is is something foreign to us where it's 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 a perpetual state of Anger. It's a perpetual state of you're trying to get me with whatever you're doing. If it's not exactly in step with mine, all of a sudden it's an attack against me. And both sides are guilty here. Oh, 100%. Both sides 100%. are completely guilty 100%. here. There's this new mentality that's sweeping both sides where it's these people feel as if they should be patted on the back or respected in some manner if they're only willing to hang out and discuss ideas with people who completely agree with them. There's this sense now, especially on social media platforms, this is less true in real life, but there's this sense on social media platforms that if you will then disdain people who think differently than you and you're not even willing to hear them out that that's virtuous on some level that that if, if that if you're so that that if you aren't willing to, to hear the side that disagrees with you that 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 you're more pure on some level because you're not even willing to give them a platform to give this idea out that you disagree with which i think is crazy i think a part of the problem is every disagreement people have nowadays automatically turns into i'm going to intimidate you into believing the way that I believe yes. or saying what I say. We'll it's, shame you into what we want. It's not even like convincing people and really at the end of the day like it's dude, backing them into a corner. Conversations like you can have a conversation and have a disagreement without necessarily like I, I, I can disagree with you. I, I, I don't want to change your mind. I just want to get your perspective and that is very lost on Why people. do you feel that way? Right. Right. Like why do you feel that way? Okay. You're not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change your mind. Explain to me what you think but here. But I want to see how you got where you got. Right. And understanding that like hey people have had different lives, different experiences, different things that have changed their perspective on the same issue that we're both looking at yet somehow we both look at it very differently. I agree. This is what I'm always saying about living in multiple places. Right. That if you move around your ideas on things that you think you think so staunchly on will be moved because you will have different experiences. And even if it doesn't if it doesn't change your mind, that's okay. You learn something there. You learn their perspective. You still feel the way you feel. They still feel the way you feel or they feel. That's okay. Like it, it, it doesn't have to automatically be like, well, I win or I lose here. You can grow here. So Kim Kardashian's going to be a politician, right? Why not? Why not? I mean So where do you think the Kardashians entered the political arena? This is where I can't figure it out. Are you the mayor of a California town? Is that what she is? Is she a state senator? Is she a governor? What happens? No, I mean this is governor maybe, like governor of California, but you're not going in, you're not going into city council and then working your way up into the mayor's office of Kim to. Kardashian. No, hell no, you're not doing no, that. No, I don't think dude. it's I don't think it's that low. I could see senator maybe. Uh, that's a little too much work, not enough shine. You know what I'm saying? If you're looking at it from the perspective of I'm well, a of, of I'm a celebrity, like dude, being a being a member in the House of Representatives can can suck it, dude. If I'm 
not if I'm not in charge of a state or in charge of the country, dude. Pff, I ain't do what I'm going to. I'm going. I'm going to the state senate. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know what? You're right because that's asking too much permission to do things now. If that's the way you took it, if if, if you want to go the, you know, hey, uh, started working in politics on a local level, worked my way up into the state level, worked my way up into the federal level, that's the way it should be done. But there's no way that a celebrity is going to, dude, you can fast track yourself. Is it okay for people to just blindly dismiss Kim Kardashian off as, as a candidate for some public office just because of what they know of her? No, I mean, that's not necessarily giving somebody credit for the person that they are. That's just the person you see them as. I would like to see evidence of what makes you qualified to be in in, in that kind of office. I mean, there could be. Now, I don't want to link her to this other than the fact that she did put out a sex tape. Right. But this is much like porn stars where if you ask the average person to give you their take on a porn star, they're going to say idiot broad who was molested by an uncle. Right. When in reality, what we have found out. Now, yes, there is a lot of that inside that industry. But Katie Morgan was a had a genius IQ. Bobby Bliss, I believe was her name, uh, had a genius IQ. There are women inside that that, that who have a, that have great minds that just chose to do it. I think it's more rare than people than sometimes people want to prop those things up. But you take my point that maybe outside of this, maybe Kim Kardashian's you know, sly like a fox. Maybe she knows if I just kind of act airheady that it sells the Kardashian brand, but secretly behind it all, she's a genius. Maybe. I, I don't think she's dumb at all. I, I, I don't think Kim Kardashian, I mean, dude, you took what was you banging out a B-list at best R&B singer and turned it into a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. You know what I mean? Like We're talking Ray J here. Right. I mean, okay. like, you took a sex tape and turned it into an empire. So, like, that took intelligence. And not only well, have you... people credit her mother for that. Well, regardless, you got here. I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, you, the the spearhead, the, the tip of the spear here, have gotten, have gotten where you've gotten. And so I'll give you credit there. I don't, I don't think she's dumb. I think that, I mean, to stay in the public eye for a decade plus, not just in the public eye, but, but as an run A-lister, run as like as like one of the premier brands of the public eye, and you still don't really do anything. You don't have songs, you don't have movies, you don't have anything, but somehow or another you're still able to do this. I credit the woman, but that doesn't make you qualified to hold public office. I mean, a show about girls that don't do anything. No, nothing. Nothing. I mean, I know they're going to be like, well, they have fragrances and purses, but they have all that because of the television right, show. Right, right. Other, other, other actresses have that because of their musical career. Britney Spears has perfume because she She's had Britney. because she had the the musical career yeah, that's fair it, 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 these women have done nothing so there's credit there there is i'm not a hater of the kardashians at all all right N- nor am i i can respect the hustle i yeah. really i can respect the hustle for sure i um and plus i want to sleep with all of them so it's kind of hard to hate on women who you respect their hustle and want to bang and we're trying to keep a show going about nothing doing nothing <laughs> right. no talent no abilities we're trying to take a page from yeah, them i was gonna say i do the goddamn do where where's my celebrity mom i wish i had one of those so ballpark it for me percentage wise on kim kardashian being the being the country's first female president <sighs> I mean, uh, she's been around long enough. I, I think there's at least a... Guys are going to vote for... dude. Guys will vote for a woman they want to have sex with. We saw it a little bit with what's-her-name that that, uh, that McCain tried to pull out of nowhere. What's Palin, that? yeah. Yeah, Sarah yeah, Palin. Yeah, yeah. Is that people thought that was going to be a home run because she was hot. Decent chance. I mean, a decent. I'm not going to say, well, it's 50-50. Maybe it'll be her. Maybe it'll be somebody else. But no, there's a real there's a real shot. It's not zero. That's that's for damn sure. I got to give Ben Shapiro a little credit here. He, he's been talking about this, where the hero worship in this country's 
little crazy on both sides. Like, he was talking about it when conservatives went crazy and wrapped their arms around Kanye. He was like, dude, you guys got to be careful with this stuff, dude. This hero worship stuff is not good. This is not what the political arena needs. And just because Kanye come out and said, yeah, I F with Trump, that doesn't put him in line with what you think. Or believe. Right. And that is. That's a huge part of the problem is like, well, look, 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 he said something I like, therefore he's on my team, right? Hero worship is really strange. I don't think it's new to this country. It's new in the political arena, I believe. At least it seems that way in my lifetime. Incarceration going down July 13th through the 15th at Mansfield Reformatory. We'll get you guys hooked up with those tickets right now. We'll take caller 17 at 1-800-243-7625 on those. And honestly, when we get back, dude, Canton, Ohio had an assault case that I can't believe the details of this. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the LASIK surgery I had done at the Roholt Vision Institute. Now, if you're anything like me, man, I was wearing glasses and contacts since, like, the second grade. That's out of my life now. I don't have to worry about where my glasses are in the morning. I don't have to worry about do I have enough contacts ordered, do I have solution. None of that stuff is a concern. I want you to visit the website, roholtvision.com. While you're there, you can take a self-evaluation test. You can find some of the frequently asked questions about LASIK, and you can check out the financing options as well. Dude, make an investment in your yourself. Check it out today. Rollholtvision.com. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9 online for you at WRQK.com. Looking ahead at tomorrow already. New Tour Tuesday brought to you by the Hard Rock Rocks. You know, you're getting new Maroon 5 featuring Cardi B. Interesting. Uh, new Lee Bryce and new Marilyn Manson. Okay. Very interesting. Canton Zone right there. Yeah. Pride of, uh, Pride of Glen Oak, right? Mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson. I've always been a big fan. Take a listen to that. So I read this at uh, at CantonRep.com, and I had to read it like five times. Okay. And it's not very long. Which, by the way, have you noticed that? that That's pretty interesting. Like, if you're scrolling through Facebook now, and somebody posts a link of a story, it'll give you, like, the approximate, like, minute read. Like, I was scrolling through Facebook the other day, and I saw Fox 8 posted something, and underneath it, it said, approximately five minutes read. And I was like, they're now telling you how long stuff is before you open it, because maybe that will seduce you into opening it. Yeah, if you see something that's a 20-minute read, I mean, most people aren't going to sit there and go through it, right? Right. I mean, like, sometimes I'll do that with books. Like, I'll look ahead on the chapter, and I'll be like, dude, this is like 12 pages, or it's like, dude, this is like 30 pages. You know what I mean? And it's like, "Ah, I don't have the time right now, so I'm not necessarily surprised to find that. Yeah, no, I'm not shocked by that either. I just thought it was interesting, and it's uh, it just goes to show you how much effort goes into this kind of stuff. But police were called to a bar around 2.55 a.m., Late night there. This was uh, Saturday morning, so I'm assuming they mean Friday night, early Saturday morning, right? All right. Um, apparently, there was a fight. This was in the 1100 block of Wirtz Avenue Northwest. I don't know what bars are near there. They don't list the bar. I think that's like a neighborhood. I think that's over by like where I live. I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. So there was an argument between a couple of women, I believe. And so much so that like the cops had to be called. And... A woman had clamped down, had bitten and then clamped down on another woman's breast. Jeez. So wait, so wait, so wait, so wait. She just grabs the boob and takes a bite out of it? How Canton is that? God. That, you know, so yes, it says police reports show she would not detach. Until the handcuffs were placed on her. <laughs> it's like a pit bull. She couldn't get, couldn't get it off. Couldn't her. get her grip out of there. <laughs> Stark County jail records show the 24-year-old woman 
was then taken to Mercy Medical Center to be evaluated. Now, am I to read that as that's the woman who then got bit, or we were we mentally evaluating the woman who bit the other woman? I think both people need an evaluation here. I agree. This is why I read this five times, because it says there, she screamed like a banshee multiple times after being told to stop. The woman was jailed on misdemeanor charges of assault and disorderly conduct. Uh, they say they don't normally name misdemeanor crime suspects. She was convicted this, uh, uh, I guess, uh, back in March of disorderly conduct and criminal damaging or endangering. So there's there's some there's some previous criminal history here. Shocker. She was sentenced to community control. I don't know what that is, but then failed to uh, appear in court. Uh, she had a, after her arrest on Saturday, she posted two thousand dollars bond and was released, which. Where does somebody who bites another person's <laughs> breast come up with two grand? Um, I, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I know there's bail bondsmen in the world and things like that. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, like, how does this even happen? This was a little bit closer over towards the fairgrounds from what I'm seeing, but this Shocker. this is one of those like those neighborhood bars where it's just like they took a house and turned it into a bar. Those are big here. Now I've lived They're in other I, I've lived in other places that have those. Canton loves what's the right term for it? You love alternative drinking things. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Canton loves it. I've never like most places do not highlight, love, and wrap their arms around drive-through liquor stores. Those are those aren't everywhere. Is my point? Yeah, places are trying to get those out of their neighborhoods. They're like, eh, we don't want those here. Don't necessarily want that. Canton, they're everywhere. Absolutely. Come here, baby. You <laughs> love. They're some of the biggest businesses we have here. You love those. The neighborhood. Hey, this used to be a house, right. now a bar. Very, very big here. I'm going to assume, maybe not nowadays, but even nowadays, I think. But like back in the day, those were probably gangbusters. You could probably like just like like kill it. Oh, I mean, now my brother will tell you who's in the bar business has been a bar owner a long time, bar manager, that whole thing. My brother would tell you now is the time to own one of those. Really? Yeah, because, dude, nobody wants DUIs. Well, everyone's you can just walk, and you get a neighborhood. And what my brother would tell you is this. If there's a bar in a neighborhood, it's because the people in that neighborhood drink. Right. And so, and this is this is the rule of thought. Everybody thinks you want really, really like high end customers. You don't. High end cu- now, certain places, yes. High end customers though are too discerning. They expect too much for their money, and they protect their money. Poor people are poor for a simple reason: they separate themselves from their money. Yeah, I mean, dollar cans of beer, and it's like, dude, we'll Boom. sell a billion of these, man. And now you can just serve them and let them stumble home. And right. then, dude, if you sold, if dude, if you had a neighborhood bar like that, and had like a halfway decent beer selection and had a killer cheeseburger, I think you'd make a million dollars. I think now is the time to do that. Now, you're going to have to have good food. Bars have to have good food these days. But there is something about it where it's like we love the alternative drinking methods, sales, all that kind of stuff here. Canton just loves it. It's, again, very much like Grants Pass, Oregon. They were the same thing. I, when I, drove, I remember when I got there, I was like, drive through liquor stores are still a thing? And then I got here, and I was like, oh, my God. Like we still, I, I didn't know Ohio did that because in Cleveland, you just don't see them as much. We love that stuff down here. Final hour of the program gets underway next on Rock 106.9.
Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, it's Stansberry. Obviously, I am a Stark County resident. I am also a CSE Federal Credit Union member. And right now, all auto loans that are closed in May and June at CSE, you can choose between 90 days of no payments, cash back up to $250, or you could lower your overall rate. With CSE, you can also e-sign your loan paperwork from the dealer, your house, or wherever you happen to be. They're going to send it over via email so you can electronically sign it. And if you do your application online with CSE, you'll never have to step foot inside the branch. 90 days, no payments means first payment due 90 days after loan closing. Finance charges accrue as of disbursement date. Cashback is valued at 1% of new funds dispersed, maximum $250. Rate discount is half a percent off the standard qualifying rate. All loans subject to approval. Program rates and terms are subject to change without notice. Other restrictions apply. Federally insured by NCUA. Show Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. There is no doubt that the internet is a powerful tool. And like anything else, it's about how you use it. Now, I believe what's happening with the internet in the country these days is that it's turning into an over-examination machine. And that we're like going down this rabbit hole of, yeah, but what if? And what? And is this really right? And is this really the thing? And I've been saying about the internet, another thing I don't really love about it is the think piece. The should this be this way pieces are ruining this country and making people fight. As a matter of fact, I saw one of these yesterday. I saw the headline yesterday. What what Father's Day teaches us about toxic masculinity. Ugh. How does that help anybody? The answer is, of course, it does not. Okay? But it's all about how you use the internet. You don't have to read that article. You don't even have to follow the kind of people who post those kinds of articles. Now, I kind of do. But you don't have to. So it's all about your consumption of the internet. And I understand its power. Yeah, I mean, isn't the argument against any radio show you don't like or TV show to turn, it turn off. the channel? And you've certainly turn got the, the, the ability to do that on Same the internet. Same thing with Twitter. You can right. unfollow. You can do whatever you want, right? right. You, cannot I'm all on the, you cannot be on the, on the site. So I'm not arguing, give me a world without the internet. That's not what I'm saying. I'm okay. just saying it can be a dangerous thing. But it can also be very beneficial. Like, if you don't have information and you would like that information, it can be found online. Now, where that gets tricky is now you got to weed through what is actual credible information versus this is just stuff we think. Yeah, and it's I think one of the great frustrations of life during the digital revolution is that we have this information, we have supercomputers in all of our pockets, and we just squander it every single day. We do. Yeah, and and you would think that it would make people smarter, but in the end, you're relying more on on the information at your fingertips, and so you don't have to remember. And we're we're seeing, I guess, that what the average IQ points have dropped like dramatically over the last four decades. Yeah, I, I think more than anything, whether it's like, well, you have to. I mean, we don't even we don't even use it for the facts. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, you know, well, I've got it available here as a sure. calculator. We just say like, ah, no, who cares? It doesn't it doesn't meet what I think it should. So it's it's bunk. Well, that both those things are true. Yes, absolutely. So they looked at. What are the most common Googled sex questions? All right. Now, when I read stories like this, I always forget that there is a smartphone in the pocket of everyone, not just adults, meaning 10-year-olds are on Google. Yeah. And so you got to keep that, because when I read this, I was like, what? This is the stuff people want to know about sex? Yeah, but there's a lot of people out there who are pretty ignorant to sex. I mean, like, especially when it comes to, like, the anatomy of a female. You know what I mean? Like, there's a million dudes out there who have no idea how that all works. It's just, like, boobs and a vagina. 
Put a pin in that because that's okay. the number one. Okay. 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 That is the number one. So we'll start at the bottom of this list. Right. We'll move around a little bit. I'm not sure you need to know about them all. But how long does sex last? Was on the list. It came in actually at number 10 of the most Googled sex questions. Okay. They say, on average, this is good from a, from a 2015 survey, that on, a, on average, foreplay usually lasts around 20 minutes, while the actual sex part, intercourse, penetration, is 7.3 minutes. Yeah, I mean, did you, you, that you, sounds right to me. I mean, and we're talking actual penetration time yes. there. So, like, yeah, there's going to be moments of like, all right, switch positions. You're still having sex. You're just not actual penetration at that point. So, in in the general vicinity of a, a sex, it's going to take half an hour from start to finish line. That's about right. Sounds sort of right. According to a newer survey by researchers at Penn State, a quickie of only one to two minutes is way too short. Three to seven minutes is adequate, where seven to 13 minutes is desirable. Yeah. However, they say 10 to 30 minutes, if you're in that window of actual penetration, way, 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 way too long. Now, they say it depends on what you're defining as sex. Um, they And a guy saying here, four boys should count for us. But seriously, they're, they're, but penetration, they're saying about seven and a half minutes. I don't think that's crazy. I think that's probably... Closer to standard than not. And I don't think it's crazy people are asking that. I think there's plenty of dudes out there who are like, dude, was that was that good enough? Is that long enough? Is that how I mean I don't I don't think that's necessarily a twelve year old asking that. I think that's I think that's a thirty two year old. No, I do I agree with you, and here's why. And I was actually having this conversation with a buddy of mine over the weekend. If you have doubts about your sexual prowess, whether it be the size of your penis whether or not you are a premature ejaculator or any of these problems that that I think most guys, if you take away the ego and they're going to be honest with themselves and give you honest to God answers that they worry about from time to time, that I think if you worry about that kind of stuff, that pornography only makes it worse. Why on earth, where if you are worried that you are that that you are less than in the bedroom, be it all, be it your your anatomy or 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 your being able to withstand and and not climax too fast, why would you think going to look at gold medalists at sex every day online right. is going to make you feel better about where you are? In sex, and it's only going to make you feel worse, right? You got to realize those are the best of the best of this. Those are the NBA ballers at sex. Of course, those dudes can dunk from the foul line, but your buddy next door can't. He's playing horse in the backyard with his kid because that's the level of basketball he can play. There's a reason why you're not a male porn star, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's just such an unrealistic. It's like comparing yourselves to action heroes of like, well, why can't I do that? And it's because it's like, well, that's not the real world bro because that got written down right because that's that's not real another question is how to make the penis bigger manually now let's clear this up there is nothing you can do manually to make your penis bigger you need an operation and 
And I always say this, I can't believe we haven't mastered the penis enlargement. Yeah. When you think about the fact that we got to Viagra before cures of other things, because that shows you the priorities of us as a people, that we care more about certain things than other things. When you think about the fact that that's happened and we haven't mastered, as lo- for as long as we've had breast implant surgery, I can't believe penis enlargements aren't routine. I think it just goes to show you, I mean, the penis is a pretty complex thing right there, like where it's like boobs, yeah, you're just kind of hanging off the chest there, where it's like penis... I, I think what we're getting into is like it has still to be able to sustain an erection. It still has to be able to moving pieces, parts in there. You know what I mean? I would agree. Another question here that was on the list of the most Googled sex questions. How do you get rid of genital warts? Go to the doctor is the only answer. That's not going to be bleach or lime juice at home or you burn them off or you do this or one of the other thousand things I've read online or seen Facebook memes about. It's insane. Go to the doctor. If you're worried about the fact that you have an STD, doctor is the only yeah. place you should go. Can you get rid of herpes was another question. The answer, obviously no. How to make a woman orgasm was on the list of most Googled uh, you know, sex questions. Again, all women are going to be different. They give you the a really good piece of advice here is that if you want to know how to make the woman you're having sex with climax, ask her. She knows. She knows what to do. And she'll be able to tell you. Now, this is where people get uncomfortable with sex because you believe if you have to ask her that, that that is a knock against you and your ability where it might not be. It just people are turned on differently. I understand night one. That's a tougher thing to do. But if you're getting into a relationship, if you live together and you can't ask that woman that question, yeah. you're living with somebody you shouldn't be living with. You, I mean, you I, honestly like I mean, once you get to that point when you're in a committed relationship with each other, you're, you know, you guys are your sexual partners. You guys should be open to talk about whatever you want. I mean, that's that's your partner. That's your teammate. That's who when you go in there to have sex, like you guys are high fiving each other afterwards. You should be as open as you can be. So the female anatomy was surrounding the number one question, which is, where is the G-spot? Now, again, I believe this is probably indicative of 14-year-olds having the internet, right? You you don't think so? No, I think there's plenty of dudes who don't necessarily understand G-spot, clitoris, the differences of, 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 of what's going on down there. I think a lot of the plumbing is very, very foreign. Okay, so I'll give you their their description to help some people out. The G-spot is a patch that's located around two to three issues inside the vagina on the front of the vaginal wall, meaning towards her stomach, not her ass. It will feel slightly thicker, ridged, and and spongy. You think there are men out there that don't know that? Yeah. For sure I do, dude. <laughs> yes, one, 100%. There are married men out there that don't know that. Yes, married men who've been with their wives forever who just deal with it because it's like, well, he provides a decent life, he's a good father, and he just doesn't know how to throw it down. Yeah, I think there's plenty of dudes out there like that. What do you think the percentage of people in relationships like that are that are, that are, are essentially going, you know what, three out of four ain't bad? 40, 35%, 40%, something like that. Wow, that is, I hope you're wrong. I I don't think you are. I'm not saying you are. I want you to be wrong because that sounds really, really sad to me. Yes, it really, really does. An NBA announcer has lost his job. He probably should have. We'll give you that. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right, I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock Again, looking ahead at tomorrow, New Turn Tuesday, uh, you'll get some new Maroon 5 featuring Cardi B. Also get some new Lee Bryce, and uh, you'll get some new Marilyn Manson. A lot of Canton ties there. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah.
The Manson is a cover, but I uh, I can't wait to hear it. Okay, I'm excited then. He's done some good covers. He has he has done some good covers. So, according to the Oklahoman, the Oklahoma City Thunder announced that they are not going to renew the contract of their longtime announcer, Brian Davis. He has handled the team's play-by-play duty since 2008. God, 10 years. Okay. Um, the team did not give an exact reason for the decision, but he had been suspended one game during the Thunder's first-round playoff series against the Utah Jazz, and I can't believe I didn't hear about this then because of a comment he made during the broadcast of the team's regular season finale. After Russell Westbrook made an assist, Davis said the star point guard was playing, quote, out of his cotton-picking mind. Now, I have obviously heard this saying before, that this is not new, this is not the first time I'm hearing this. But the question I have is, what is the genesis of this statement? Meaning, I have gotten the back and defended people who have been accused of racism when they say things like, the inmates are running the asylum. Because I don't believe that's racial. I don't believe you're a racist if you say that. My dad used to say that to my brother and I all the time. And never once did my brother be like, dude, dad just called us black. That never happened. That it's just like, I'm supposed to have control, and for some reason you have it, and I think that that's okay. I don't necessarily think that's racist. But I do need to know what the genesis of, out of his cotton picking, like, where does that come from? Because I, here, this is what I find odd about this particular story. If you are an NBA play-by-play guy, you should know. In a sport predominantly, I now again, I may be speaking out of turn. I'm using the eyeball test when I turn NBA games on. Predominantly played by African Americans. That anything cotton picking related probably is not going to help you stay employed longer. Yeah, I mean, self-preservation alone here. Like, what were you, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? And I mean, I guess like you know, you've used it as a you know term of speech here, and maybe you don't necessarily feel that it, that's what it means. That's not what I intended it for. Intentions aren't necessarily enough to, uh, to 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 cover this up here. Now, I don't know if this is just because of the way we're taught this subject or whatever, but when I hear cotton picking, I only think slavery. Yeah. Now that's I mean that could be the way it's because of the way I was learned taught or like taught in school what the history is I don't know what the reality is but that's what I think of and it's obviously a negative too it's not like somebody's saying boy you're so you're so cotton picking great like you know what I mean like it's definitely a negative am I crazy to think that the genesis of this statement could be that black dude that's underneath my control is acting out yeah, and so I mean- acting out of his Cotton picking in mind, yeah, and I mean, like, it, it, you know, it's it, it certainly come to mean something that's a pain in the ass, something that is negative, something that you know. But it, where where its root is, I I don't think you can deny that it's like no, that is it was terminology used for slaves. Like, th- there's no denying that. I don't think there's a denial of that. According to the SportingNews.com, that dated expression, once commonly used in the South as a figure of speech, is now viewed by many as having racial overtones. I would agree that there are racial overtones in it. It says, given its ties to slavery and cotton picking. At the time, 
Davis, the broadcaster, had issued a statement apologizing for the remark and accepting his suspension. He says here, while unintentional, I understand and acknowledge that the gravity of that situation, Davis said. I offer my sincere apology and realize that while I committed a lapse in judgment, some mistakes come with consequences, meaning I understand why I'm being suspended right now. Right. At that time, Thunder Vice President of Broadcasting and Communications, Dan Mahoney, uh, called Davis's phrase highly inappropriate and offensive. You had to figure further punishment was going to come down the line, I would imagine. Yeah, you would think so. Um, I would say, and I mean, obviously, when you get caught and then you're like, well, hey, I, I recognize the mistake there. The fact that he said that, like, some mistakes have consequences, I respect that. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you're, you're, you're taking ownership of, of what happened here. Meaning that, yes, it's a mistake, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to be protected because I made a mistake. Like, yes, I would agree with that. I also think that this could be one of those things where maybe this guy in, in, in himself is not racist, but you pick up things from your family or this and that, and you just regurgitate stuff that you said, and you just think it's something that you that you say, and you don't think about it. But again, if you're in if you're in and around the NBA, you have to know cotton picking, linking that to any NBA player, yeah. probably not good. Yeah, and I mean, I, I can't necessarily just make room for like, well, that's how my grandpa talked. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, I can't. Like, no, you're supposed to know better. As an adult, you should know what the difference is now. And you should know what the words coming out of your mouth mean. Like, especially as, as, as somebody as a in, in that position there. So, like, I, 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 no, listen, do I necessarily think that this dude was, like, intending of saying, like, yo, Russell Westbrook, get back out there in the fields and, and start picking? No, no. But there's consequences to your actions. This dude made a mistake, and it cost him his job. And, that you know, that's the way it is. That's the way it goes. This is, I, I have always said, as a guy who hosts live shows i'm live on the radio right now as a guy who hosts live shows i've always said what the company is doing is loading a pistol cocking the hammer back putting it in your hand and saying we dare you not to shoot yourself that's what this job is that's what these jobs have always been is you are on the ledge teetering on it every minute you say anything more now than ever but again, you had to know. Again, I don't believe inmates are running the asylum, meaning we've lost control, is inherently racist. But I do believe linking cotton picking to an NBA player in today's climate, especially, is more than enough to be like, you know what? We should probably get a new play by play announcer in here. He knew this was eventually coming. And I don't want to hear about First Amendment. I don't want to hear about freedom of speech because you misunderstand what that is. I've had to explain it 3,000 times and I'm not doing it again right now. At the end of the day, dude, there are consequences to your actions. It just, there, nobody's putting him in jail. Therefore, his, his First Amendment right is not being, is not being trampled on. He is still a free man. Doesn't mean he's free to go work for the Oklahoma Thunder. Doesn't mean that. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Doesn't mean that. We will close out the Stansbury Show. That will be next on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got the Stansbury Show here for Elite Security Consultants. Fantone and myself will both be on site July 14th as they're going to give you the opportunity to take a door. Essentially what they have is they have a hostage type situation building and you kick the door open and you clear the room out. Fantone and I both did it and it's awesome. It's an absolutely amazing experience, dude. And if you've ever thought to yourself, man, I'm a badass dude. I'm, I'm an action hero. I could be living that video game. Uh, this is 100% your opportunity, man. Uh, you are loaded up in riot gear. The music's blasting. The lights are blasting. And you got to go in and clear that room. They have an awesome video that's giving you a better look at what we're talking about. And you can see that at ESCOhio.com. That's ESCOhio.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for you at WRQK.com. 
I did not want to get out of here without mentioning this. Um, this is a big one. Every holiday has got their own list of things people bitch about on, on social media. All right. Right? Like, around Easter, you get the agnostics and the atheists like, oh, my God, and, like, the, you know, Jesus disappeared day and, like, this whole thing, right? Like, everybody's just obnoxious about whatever their opinion is, right? And every holiday's got, like, the new thing people want to bitch about, the things that people do. And Father's Day is one of these where dudes, and I don't know who's right. Because I do, it is, this is one of these things that women do that I find to be obnoxious, but I don't know who's right. Where the amount of guys who complain about women posting about being a single mom on Mother's Day and hashtag both roles and hashtag, you know what I mean, and this and that. And it is a little annoying that, and, that you want extra credit for raising your kid by yourself. And I would admit that guys have a decent point of, why am I patting you on the back for going to bed with a loser who left you. Why am I patting you on the back for not picking out for, for not picking somebody properly? Why am I doing that? That at the end of the day that that situation not all times, but a lot of times is through your own decision making. That your situation. So why are we patting you on the back for that? I would agree with that, right? Like that that's not out of line I don't think. Um, I guess you're making assumptions. You don't know what happened to that one. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, was that guy abusive? Did he cheat on her all the time? I mean, like, well, again, like I said, not all cases, but I, but there is, there does seem to be this mentality. And again, I talk about this all the time with Tinder, where like these women on Tinder, like their opening line is, you better have a car. And it's like, dude, you're giving me that's your baseline of who you let in there is car. Seriously. Like it's, there's a little bit of like you got worked over it's the same thing when women post this all the time oh my god i just want a guy who's not gonna walk all oh, where are all the good men all these guys walk all over it's like well yeah you keep making the same decision you keep dating the same loser they all have different names but it's the same loser because you can't change what your situation is and that if you keep do it if you do what you've always done, get what you've always got. Meaning, if you continue to date in the same pool, then yeah, you're going to end up with a bum who has sex with you 12 times and then leaves you, and then you're stuck with the kid. Like, I don't know why I'm supposed to pat you on the back for getting worked over by a moron. Why am I supposed to be sympathetic to you for that? I guess at the end of the day, it's it's like, yes, all those mistakes you've made and everything, but you're still taking care of a child, which is something to be celebrated, right? Which is something to be like, you know, hey, good job on even even yes, you made mistakes, you made terrible decisions, you know, you're you're awful at picking out men, you still have a child to take care of, and we as a society want you to do a good job at that, right? Okay, even more so then the divorce rate's fifty two percent, meaning what you're doing, you're not a unicorn. There's a ton of you out there doing it. Right, so why am I? Why so? The, so you see my point. Why am I patting you on the back for something everybody's doing? So then, should we just do away with like any sort of like congratulations? You, you know, it you- just seems weird for women to want to encroach on Father's Day, especially when Mother's Day half off diamond earrings. Father's Day here's a crappy tie. For you to want to encroach on this holiday because you feel like you're not getting enough credit for being a single mom, you shouldn't have went to bed with a dude who's going to leave you. Now, again, if you've been like, dude, if you were abused, those are different. Okay. But I'm, I have to speak. I'm speaking in broad strokes because welcome to having a conversation. Shouldn't have slept with a guy that was abusive. I mean, like, is that your fault? Well, fault? No. But are there red flags before you get hit? Yes. And should you be aware of what, maybe what those are? Yes. Am I blaming you? No. But are there red flags that lead into that? Absolutely there are. Any 
any respectable psychologist will tell you that a guy who's going to hit you, you will see triggers of in it before you get hit. That's not, dude, that's science. They have proven that. So, therefore, it's not like by idiot mentality or or I'm victim blaming or anything like that. It's just, you don't see this with single dad. If a dad posted on Mother's Day, hashtag both roles, you know what women are going to tell him? Suck it up, puss. Be a man. Be a man. Be a real man. And yet you just want to encroach on this day. You know what? You went to bed with a loser and you ended up with your kid on your own. That is on you ultimately at the end of the day. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. Why am I, why am I clapping for you for this? I don't understand that. Aside from that, we are done. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. or Rock 106. Now you guys have a great afternoon. See